0: You're listening to Consider This, episode 280, for February 10th, 2020. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever, wherever, and whoever you are. Thanks for listening to this, the award-winning conservative podcast that's over long before this election season is. I'm Doug Payton, and this is Consider This where I give you my thoughts and your thoughts in 10 minutes or less. Stop by the website, considerthis.ctpodcasting.com, for a transcript, a place to comment, and links to everything I referred to for this episode. That's CT as in counting trouble. The Iowa caucus debacle. Thoughts on the impeachment. And a lawsuit against Hillary Clinton. That's coming up. I want to welcome some brilliant new people to the Facebook page. Recently, Doug Galloway, Lowell Crowe, Ken Mahler, and Britt Trussell liked the page and will now see articles and political cartoons I post there between episodes. Great job, guys. And speaking of political cartoons, I've been seeing a lot of you sharing those, so thanks muchly. Well, impeachment and non-removal are behind us. The effort that began the day after Election Day 2016 has failed, much like the huge Mueller report effort before it. Even though it's been pretty clear that the pitiful reach of the Russian bots on Twitter and ads on Facebook did next to nothing to move the needle on the election, Democrats have been beating the drum suggesting that, without Russia, Trump would have lost, and have been hoping that their short attention span voters bought it. A lot of them did, and thus began hashtag resistance. This impeachment has indeed been historic in a number of ways. It was only the third trial of its kind in our history. It was certainly the fastest, though that's not a good thing. But it was the one with the longest run up to it, and had the most false starts since Democrats in general, and Adam Schiff in particular, were telling us that any day now, the conclusive proof of Russian collusion would be uncovered. It was the first that didn't allege an actual crime. Now, true, it doesn't need to, but every other impeachment included at least one. Yeah, a few firsts on this one. Now, some have said it didn't include witnesses, but not so fast. There were 17 witnesses in the hearings in the House, and the testimony of 14 of them along with 28,000 pages of documentation, were included in the evidence brought by the House impeachment managers. And in spite of the speed at which they conducted their side of the impeachment proceedings, they claimed they had a rock-solid case. Fourteen witnesses, 28,000 pages of documentation, a rock-solid case. But they still insisted that more witnesses and documentation were needed. Why, exactly, they never really explained. You know, they called Ronald Reagan the Teflon president because so many attacks on him never stuck. Well, Trump has certainly shown that to be even truer of him. I've heard from various pundits and podcasters the many, many supposedly impeachable crimes that he could have been charged with, and yet in the end, Democrats only presented this weak tea, this thin gruel, and a few other unappetizing metaphors. Nancy Pelosi tried to rub it into Trump's face by saying that impeachment is forever. But you know what? So is acquittal. Taking a page from the Florida vote counting playbook, the Iowa caucus results for the Democrats weren't completely reported days later. With people unable, or unwilling, to use a new app designed just for this, and where precinct leaders were on hold for hours trying to at least phone in the results. New rules for how the results were to be calculated didn't help. As an aside, I want to mention a tweet that I saw that night, but first some background. As I understand it, when choosing who to support at the caucus, if one candidate doesn't reach a certain percentage of the vote in one round, they are considered non-viable, and so in the next round, Supporters of that candidate must then choose someone else. The tweet said something like, It can be scary to be labeled non-viable in a room full of Democrats. (laughs) But anyway. The talking heads on the networks wondered out loud whether this would be the beginning of the end of the caucus system. And or whether Iowa's position as the traditional first state in the election season would be called into question. Now in one sense, I don't blame Democrats for this. In 2012, it took Republicans days to get the final tally out because it was so close. But also, I'm a programmer, and I know that sometimes, no matter how well you test, sometimes the unexpected happens. Rarely, though, even with good test procedures, things can fail spectacularly. Or perhaps the volunteers that were using the app just weren't trained properly. Either way, the problem here was that this failure of either testing or training was broadcast nationally forcing the networks to vamp for hours, talking to people around the desk and at the various campaign headquarters to hear the same thing. We don't know what's going on. Someone humorously suggested that, with all the screw-ups that night, someone needs to try unplugging Iowa and plugging it back in. Couldn't hurt. Uh, But I do blame Democrats in that government solutions to a problem can indeed fail spectacularly. So, let's let government take over running our health care, right? Oh, and that app created by the Democrats to report results? It was going to be used on February 22nd for the Nevada caucus. But now they're saying… nope. <laughs> it's a shame, because I had all my popcorn ready. But hey, there's still time for them to change their mind. Listener Barb wrote to me saying that she was interested in this story, so here we go. Back in October, Hillary Clinton did an interview on a podcast and claimed that presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard was the favorite candidate of the Russians. Well, Gabbard was having none of that and filed a defamation lawsuit against Clinton for $50 million. As much as I find it amusing that anyone finds Hillary's conspiracy theories worth considering, And as much as I find it amusing to have Democrats going after other Democrats over Russian influence, I don't think this lawsuit is going anywhere. Tulsi Gabbard is a public figure, certainly as a member of the House of Representatives, but even more so as a presidential candidate. And there is protection from things like defamation and slander for those who criticize public figures. But what I find very strange is that Clinton actively avoided or refused being served the legal papers three times. Finally, one of her lawyers did accept them, but what's up with that? I just can't figure out how in the world that makes sense, because no one is above the law, right? It's just one more reason to stock up on popcorn during this election season. And finally, Donald Trump reached his highest poll numbers so far on Tuesday the 4th, hitting 49% approval on the day of his State of the Union and the day before the final impeachment vote. guess that whole impeachment thing didn't go quite as planned. And incidentally, that's four points higher than Obama at this point. And speaking of the State of the Union address, if you missed it, it was actually quite good. The first 20 minutes are just Trump listing off all his accomplishments. No wonder Nancy Pelosi felt the need to tear up her copy at the end. And it's hilarious that Trump essentially made all those Democrats attend the Medal of Freedom ceremony of Rush Limbaugh. (laughs) I put a video of the address in the show notes. Anyway, the election season is upon us, and it's already nutty. If this is any indication of how the rest of it will be, don't just get popcorn but a jumbo box of milk duds and a large Mountain Dew. We're going to need to stay caffeinated for the next few months. And while it's going on, let me know what's happening regarding the election in your neck of the woods. Do you have any predictions on how your state will vote in the general election? Or who do you think will be the Democratic nominee from your state? Also, are there any nutty political ads being run? Email me at considerthis at ctpodcasting.com or call me at 267-CALL-CT-0, 267-225-5280. Let the games begin. And while you're watching and eating that popcorn, don't forget to consider this.